many is ready for God to speak to your heart this morning? More than he already has. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and have you stand to your feet one more time. And we're going to pray over today's service. We're going to open up our hearts to receive the word of God. Amen. We had a wonderful team night here Friday night with many of our team members. And wow, we just got a great word from the Lord. And we laughed and played games together. And we're just so excited of the traje trajectory of our church. Amen. God is moving in such a sweet way. And at the end of the service, our guest that spoke, and you'll meet him and his wife. They've been here a couple times, but he's, he prophesied three months over this church, and then God's going to do something special. Well, what he didn't know is God told me December, that December God's doing something significant. So that was just a confirmation, and uh, he even told me back in the office, he's like, ooh, I'm so glad I get to be around to see what God's about to do. And I said, yeah, me too, trust me. So I just say, faith builders, get ready, because... God is opening up heaven over us in this city and what God has called us to do. And we're ready for it. Amen. We're beyond ready for that. So let me pray over you this morning. Father, I thank you today for this amazing church. I thank you for the faithfulness, God. And I know many had to work so hard to get here today through so much resistance. But they're here, God. And they're here watching online. And I thank you, Jesus, that in this moment they feel your peace your love, your hope, your joy, and that you just stir them up in this next 40 minutes that we're together, Father God. Do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Well, I'm starting a new series today, and I have not been in a series, um, excuse me, <clears throat> For a little bit since we've come back because I've been doing targeted messages. But God really put this word in my heart uh, last week. And I have to say thank you for Pastor Paul for holding it down last week, everybody. I'm so thankful that I got away. It was an awesome thing. I got a free condo. How many know that's the will of God? So for four days, me, Quinn, and Maya, we snuck up to Sedona. And we played and had fun. And Played in the creek, I walked across the walks, the rocks. I walk a little slower now that I'm older because I have fear of falling and breaking something. But I remember my younger days, I would just trolley right across those things. But anyway, it was just a really nice time just to um, have a, just a relaxing time. So thank you for that. But I'm starting a new series, and it's called this, Detox the Soul. Detox the soul. And I believe for what God is setting our church up for and us personally where you're going, that we have to recognize that we have a soul on the inside of us that is unhealthy. The soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And that soulish part of us is unhealthy and we can be overwhelmed and we could be fearful about the things of life and, and anxiety that's going on in our life. And so um, I have a statement here this morning that says, we are not a body with a soul, but actually we are a soul with a body. And we have to understand that we have this body, and yes, we need to let our body rest, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But the most important thing that you have inside of you that you have to reel back in, that you have to renew, is your soul. And when your soul is unhealthy, when your soul is full of fear and anxiety and wrong thinking and all the things that we've gone through in this year or however long it's been, you don't realize that you have to stop and really detox that soul. Because if you don't fix what's going on inside of here, you can never fix what's going on out here. 
And sometimes we get it backwards. I want to fix everything out here and forget to change what's in here. And if we don't change our soul, then we'll keep repeating these behaviors and these things that we're attracting in our life because we really have to fix what's going on on the inside of us. Amen. So I'm going to share a lot of scripture verses today to hopefully enlighten us and give us some uh, remembrance and maybe some fresh revelation. So let's look at Genesis 2 verse 7. And it says this. Ah, and the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a, say it together, living soul. We did not become a body. We had our earth suit there. But when God breathed into us, we became a living soul. So what happens in life? Have any of you ever gone to the Korean, a Korean barbecue where they cook in front of you and they chop up and do all that stuff? And you don't realize it, but if you get around someone after you've been at the Korean restaurant, they're like, what is that smell on you? Like you don't realize that you actually picked up a smell. Has anybody ever had that where you smell like the oil or the grease? Or, or maybe you went somewhere and there was a lot of cigarette smoking going on. All of a sudden, you, uh, you're carrying the environment around you. And I think what we have to realize is that in this world, there's an environment that is toxic and negative and confusing and overwhelming. And what has happened is we have taken on the toxicity and we don't realize we smell like the world. We don't realize that we're carrying it because we got around it so much that it's become familiar to us. So we have to realize that it's not just our body that needs detoxing. I mean, I definitely need a little detoxing. I, I can admit that. I can get some health going on in my body. But it's not enough just to detox your body. You have to take care of who you really are. Who is the real person on the inside of you? The pressures of the world, our thoughts, our emotions, our choices that we're making wrong because our soul is toxic. So over the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking about the tortured soul. And that's going to set a lot of people free because we don't even realize we're being tormented by the enemy. And God wants to set us free so that we can receive the fullness of all that God has for us. We're going to be talking about the heavy soul, the things that we're carrying in the weight of the world. We're going to be talking about the seduced soul and how we're seduced into the things of the world or, or the agendas of the enemy. And we don't even realize that we're being seduced. But today I'm going to be talking to you, which I think is so important, is the restless soul. Everybody say restless. There's a restlessness in us, and the Bible calls it the curse of the restless soul. It's that unsettling. It's that frustration. It's like everything inside of you keeps moving and thinking, and you're tormented with these thoughts, and how do we do, and what don't we do, and what decision do I make, and it's this restlessness. And what happens when you get a restless soul, it's like standing in quicksand, and the more you try to move to make yourself better, the deeper you're going to get into the situation. So I want to teach you today that when we're restless, how, how when our soul is restless, how do we get back on stable ground so that we can get out of the situation that we're in instead of sinking deeper into it. Amen. So we're going to look at Genesis chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. And this is the story of Cain and Abel and how Cain killed his brother Abel because God received his sacrifice over, over Cain's. And it says in verse 11, now you are under a curse. This is from God. It's the curse of restlessness. Now you are under a curse and you're driven and driven from the ground, which opened up his mouth to receive your brother's blood from, the hand, from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. 
And this is the important part. You will be a restless wanderer on earth. So restlessness is a curse. It's not a blessing. It's not the freedom of God. And if you look at that word restless and wanderer, I broke both those down to have us fully understand. But the word restless means a fugitive. And a fugitive is a person that staggers everywhere. They wander. They're unstable. And they're tossed around. See, when our soul is toxic and we're restless, we're double-minded. Well, I want this, but I really don't want that. Well, I want this freedom, and I don't know how to do that. I'm going to try to do this, but I'm not going to do that. And we find ourselves unstable in every way because we're being restless. The vagabond means someone who wanders aimlessly to and fro. See, when your soul is unhappy, you find yourself just going everywhere but no accomplishments. You find yourself being more busy and more busy, but there's no change. You find yourself anxious and overwhelmed and trying to make quick decisions, but you're making the wrong decisions because we're not walking in the covenant of God's grace and learning to give everything to God, knowing God's in complete control. But our soul has become the driving force or the steering wheel of our life. And so we wonder why our life is erratic. Why am I over here one day and over here one day? It's because our soul needs to come back into alignment with the hope of Jesus, the anchor of the word of God, amen, and know that God is in complete control when you feel out of control. Amen? So a restless soul is searching but never finding. When you are not at peace with God and peace within your soul, you are always going to search for the answer. You're going to search for the remedy. You're going to search for your joy. You're going to search for your happiness. You're going to search and search and search, but you're looking in the wrong place. So you'll never find what you need because you're searching in your flesh instead of in the spirit. All right? A restless soul isn't interested in, is interested in everything but is satisfied with nothing. Amen. I want everything. I want to I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to have my life this, have my life that, and we may do it and we still find ourselves empty because something's wrong with our soul. Listen, you can never attain enough and be happy in your soul. You can never have all the riches or things or all the things you think I want to be married, you're married, I don't want to be married no more. You know, I don't know where you're at. And you think of all these things that could come into my life and that's going to make my soul happy. And that's a lie. That's a restless soul that is always searching for something when Jesus is the answer. Amen. So restless, and, and David said this in Psalms 139, he said, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, marvelous are their works. My soul knows very well. See, when you know God is in control, when you know God has the answer, God has your desires, God has your dreams, your soul will know very well. And you can rest in that. But a restless soul is, is spun up all the time. A restless soul is anxious and tense and worried and concerned. And no matter how you want to shut down and just relax, you have the inability to actually set down and find peace on the inside of you. You can sit down in your body, but how many know our soul doesn't rest? I can, be, I can be sitting there watching TV, painting my nails, and my soul is still restless. I'm still troubled about many things. I'm worried about what this is going on and what that's going on. And I'll share my personal story here in just a minute. But the brain is always running too fast. And God wants us to slow down and rest our souls. Because what you're looking for is never going to come by searching. It's going to come by resting. Let me say that again. What you're looking for is not going to come by searching. 
It's going to come by resting. Because when you are resting, you are in total faith and trust with God. Ecclesiastes 2 says this, verse 22. And what does a man get for all the toil and anxious striving with which he labors under the sun? All his, day, all his days, his work is pain and grief. Even at night, his mind does not rest. What does a man get? You toil all day. You work hard. You're trying to strategize. You're trying to solve the problem. And yes, we do need to have our life in order. But we have to rest our soul. Because all the turmoil that you've done, has it caused peace in your soul? Or has it produced you waking up the next day with the same frustration, the same fears, the same worries? What's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? How's it going to happen? We all have those same questions, just maybe a little different scenario, amen. So we have to learn to pause when we feel like we're wound up at night. We feel it's difficult to just shut our mind down. We all acknowledge that our body needs rest, but we need to remember our souls need to rest, amen. The body can be resting, but it doesn't mean your soul is finding refreshment. So where do we find rest for our souls? If God has called this soul, mind and a will and emotions to really rest in the peace of God in every situation we go through, how do we find that? Who wants the answer? I know you already know the answer, but, and it seems religious and it seems passe, but I'm going to show you in scripture that our souls find rest in God alone. In God alone. There's nothing else that can bring the rest to your soul that you're looking for. Not even the answered prayer is going to bring rest to your soul. You know why? Because there will be one more thing that will pop up that you're going to have to wrestle with. And if you don't learn to rest that soul in every situation, you're going to be frustrated your whole Christian walk with God. Instead of learning of throwing your hands in there and saying, you know what, God, it's in your time, in your way, and you are in control. Amen. We just got to cast off restraints and say, God, it all belongs to you. So David said this in Psalm 62, he related to it, and he says this, and I want us all to read this together out loud. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. Your soul finds rest in God alone. And the answer, the victory is from him. So we've got to take the pressure off of ourselves, the pressure off of putting on other people that they're not meeting our need and they're not giving me what I need and that boss isn't giving me the promotion. Nobody recognizes me and I'm toiling. No, take that pressure off. My rest comes from God alone and he will bring me salvation. When you study the word rest in these scripts verse that I'm giving you, they all have a different translation. There was not one of them that meant the same. I was pretty surprised by that. But it says this, that, that rest there in Psalm 62 means to wait. It means to be silent and still. Y'all just waiting for me to say something, aren't you? It's hard to be silent, isn't it? It's hard to be still, especially if you have my brain and my temperament style. I got to be moving and I got to find the answers and I'm a strategist kind of leader. But there's a season God's brought me through that I had to find my soul in God alone. My peace could only be in God. And that means I had to silence everything. I had to find a stillness on the inside of me. Why? So I could hear God. When your soul is restless and you're striving for all these things and these desires, sometimes even praying a lot, you shouldn't even be doing that. 
Because it's you talking, and God's like, if you would just shut up a minute. If you would just give me a little space in this prayer time, I would tell you what I'm trying to say. But we won't be quiet long enough. We won't settle long enough to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. But sometimes we just have to silence ourselves. And when you're silent, that salvation word says deliverance comes from the Lord. Victory comes from the Lord. There are some battles you're not going to win by fighting. There's battles you're going to win by resting in God alone. And guess what? Rest is easy when you learn to do it. When you learn just to chill out and trust God in everything, it will become a joy to you. Because now you're saying, God, you can sip on your Kool-Aid, have a little treat, and know that God is bringing the victory to your house and to your life and to alignment and your heart's desires. Amen? But I've got to find out who I am, and I have to let the internal part of me be only resting in God. No other person. Married people say amen. You know you can't find your rest in your helpmate because you're two different people, right? Your rest is going to, don't say amen too loud over there. We'll have to start a marriage class in this church. <laughs> Just teasing. Um, no experience is going to bring you peace. No dream fulfilled is going to bring you peace. No vacation, no dream home, no money. Nothing outside of God can give peace to your soul. How many of you went on a vacation? You're like, I need a vacation from my vacation. I had a lot of fun, but I really didn't rest. Why? Because that's not what we really need. There's so many things in the kingdom. Well, I just need a break. I just need a break. Well, it's because your soul needs detoxing. Because your spirit never wants a break. Your spirit never stops. Your spirit's like, I'll be busy all day, all, all, I'll sacrifice anything from my spirit, but my soul says I need a break. My soul says I better, I can, need some time with my family. My soul says all of these things, but my spirit says, uh-uh, I'm all in with God. God, what do you want? You have my yes before you even ask. Right? But our soul, when it says I'm tired, you're not tired in the flesh. You're not tired in the spirit. You're tired in your soul. There's something wrong in the soul that needs to be aligned back to the word of God. And that means nothing else in my life can satisfy me. Only Jesus can come in in this moment. Amen. St. Augustine, I found a quote from him and it says this. You have made us for yourself, talking to God. You have made us for yourself, O Lord. And our soul is restless until it finds rest in you. Isn't that truth? Our soul is restless until we find rest in God. Rest happens on the inside of us first. And then it shows up in every other area of our life. So what did Jesus say? Let's look at Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. It says this. Jesus was very clear. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me, God says. He didn't say go take a good vacation. Now, you can. You know what I'm saying. I just had one. But if you want a rest of your soul, it's going deeper into God. It's going deeper into taking care of the house of the Lord. It's going deeper into giving more to Jesus. Why? Because when I give it all to him, he gives it all back to me anyway. You cannot outgive God. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about your servanthood, your obedience, your sacrifice, your labor of love for the kingdom. You cannot outgive God. He says, come to me and I will give you rest. 
That word rest there means this, a different translation. Again, it means calming. I'm going to bring you a refreshing. You know, after what we've gone through in the world in this last year and a half, we all need a refreshing, don't we? We all need something that's going to give us hope again and joy again and a desire to believe God again. That word means patient expectation. How many could use a little bit of patience? My patience prayer is like, God, I need patience. Give it to me now. I need patience right now, God. Like, I definitely need patience because I'm like a now girl. I'm that instant gratification. I want to see what's happening, right? But we need to rest in God. Let the calming of God come. Let the peace of God come. Listen, everything's going to be okay. Just take that in. Everything's going to be okay. Whatever's troubling your soul, God is in control. Amen. Verse 29 says this, take my yoke upon you. God's yoke, what does that mean? When you take on the yoke, you're saying, I'm submitting to you, God. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. I'm overwhelmed. I'm wringing my hands. I don't know what you're going to do about this situation, but I'm going to come to Jesus, and I'm going to submit to him. And God, you're going to have your way. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. So that first part, rest, is calm. You have to find the calming. The second part, when God gives it to you when you've done it, it means the end of motion. There's an intermission of what you're going through. Isn't that good? So when you really come to God, there's an intermission. You get a break. You get a breather. You get a fresh of air. And I believe that's what's coming to your heart today. But when we are overwhelmed with situation, what happens? We go from zero to ten like that. We will just bark at somebody we love and words will come out of our mouth sharp and we'll be mean and we'll be cruel. Why? Because we are stressed out in our soul. And we're making everybody frustrated around us. Or maybe somebody's in your world making you frustrated. I don't know which way it goes. But when you are restless, you're unhappy. You're depressed. You're full of anxiety. There is no presence of God in your life when you are restless. And some of you just have your grips on it like this. And God's saying, let it go. Let people go. If they've hurt you or offended you, give them to Jesus. Never stop loving, but don't let things affect your heart. Let them go. If it's a relationship, if it's a situation, take the grips off and say, I'm not going to be restless about it. God's in complete control. And when I need it, when he sees fit best, whatever it is, it will align to my life. Amen. But we have to come to Jesus for our restless soul. So if true rest is in God, how do we find it? If it really is in God. I'm going to give you three things today that's going to help you with this, and I truly believe it will. But the world's perspective says go, 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 go. And probably the men in here, it's I got to do. I got to take care of my family. I got to fix things. Go, go, go. Right, men? Like you want to take care of your family. That's what the world says. But God is just the opposite. He said seek first. The kingdom of God and all his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. And I've, I found myself working. I, I, I'm a leader of a church and I find myself strategizing, getting overwhelmed. And I had to stop. And I'll tell you this story in a minute. But I had to stop and go, no, no, no. I'm going to seek first God. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to be faithful with what God's called me to do. And God will allow everything that I'm looking for to come to me. Amen. 
So here are the three thoughts. Number one is you have to be still before God. Be still. It says this in Psalms 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. He didn't say be productive. He didn't say be worried or anxious. He didn't say get revved up about everything. He said be still and know that I am God. When we had just went into COVID here at the church and things that were going on, and it was different. Church was different. And everything just that I knew how to run church just slipped right out of my hands for all pastors. How do we strategize this season? You know, one decision we make, it could hurt some. Another decision we make, they get mad. It's like, how do we strategize, you know? And so I found myself very overwhelmed as a pastor, restless. And I was up at nights, restless. I'd wake up in the middle of the night going, God, what are, you, what are we going to do? Like literally out of my mouth. There was these exasperations coming out of me as I was in the middle of my sleep. And I was so restless. And I felt like, okay, let's make this decision. Oh, let's make that decision. And we had to make quick decisions. Like we had to make sure online looked really good. We had to make those quick decisions. How do we get our text messages to be in touch with everybody, to let them know we, we love you and we're there for you and are you okay? And so we had to make some quick decisions. But everything else after that, I felt like I wanted to make quick decisions to make everything back to normal. I wanted to fix everything. Let's get it all back so we're all happy and all, all safe. And I just felt the Lord check me on that. And the Lord gave me this lesson, and I call it, there's power in the pause. And we think that pausing is feeling like we're not doing anything. But when you're restless, that's exactly what you need to do is nothing. You have to pause because you cannot hear God restless. You cannot hear God frustrated. Because when you start making decisions out of this soul that is restless, you will make every wrong decision. I promise you. Because you'll make them by the emotions and not by the spirit. And so I literally had to just pause, and I had to get quiet, and I had to quiet my soul. And I, every day I'd get up and say, you know what, God, it's your church, it's your people, and I pray you hem them in. I pray a hedge of protection around them, and I thank you, God, that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And I believe that, and the church is yours, and here it is. And I just decided I'm not going to make any decisions right now. And it was the best thing I could have ever did. Because in that moment of the pause of not trying to come up with my own plan for the church, I was able to stop and hear God's strategy. I was able to hear, God, what do you want for faith builders in this time and in this moment? Because there's no other pastor I can call to get the strategy. Because my church is going to be different than their church. Churches in Washington don't look anything like the churches here. So every church has to really find what God wants. Now, I've got a plan from God, and it's going to come out in the next month or so. God has given me what God wants for Faith Builders Church. But that would have never come if I didn't pause and not try to fix things and not try to worry about the approval of people. And what are people going to think? We're going to one service. It's, oh, that church is sinking sand. Can't worry about that kind of stuff. You just have to follow God's plan. Don't worry what people think or how people feel. Follow God. But you won't know God unless you pause. Amen. You ever been around your kids when they just won't, they won't settle down? And it's probably like at bedtime, they're like, brrr, like a little top. And you just got to grab them. You're going to say, sit down. Be still. That's what God's saying to some of our souls. Sit down. Be still. Let me tell you, everything's going to be all right. 
Or some of the little kids to God. God's just trying to get our attention and saying, just relax. Sit in that chair for a minute. Amen. You got to silence it. In uh, Psalms 131, it says this. But I have stilled, this is David again, I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Weaned child. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. That weaned means fully dealt with. A child's fully dealt with. It can be on its own. You have to take your soul and deal with it. Deal with it. Get it under control, amen? Because God wants to give you peace and joy. He wants to give you your heart's desires more than you want them. But you have to settle your soul so that you can hear from God. So when I was going through this season of very much turmoil in my soul, um, I just found myself going out in my backyard. I put out my lawn chair and I laid in the sun and I thought of nothing. I'm like, I'm not going to think about nothing. I'm just going to enjoy the sun. And you know, within 30 seconds, I'm like, I'm starting to think of stuff I forgot I, I had to do a month ago. Why? Because your soul doesn't want to settle. I'm like, I'm here to be peace. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to make that flyer. I got to do it. I got to do it. All my to-do list came springing up because your soul wants to scream louder than rest. And I just had to say, nope, that all can wait. And I learned five minutes at a time, rest. Ten minutes at a time, rest. When I first started, I had to bring my phone with me, and I'd make a little list of everything that the devil reminded me I needed to do. It's like, you couldn't have had me do that earlier when I was actually busy. But no, it's when we rest, everything comes rushing up. Because our soul doesn't want to rest. So get your phone out. Say, I'm going to demand my soul to be quiet. No music, no worship, not even talking to God. Just quiet your soul. And you'll find it will be hard to do. You may think, well, I don't have time to be still. Listen, you don't have time not to be still. You will get more done by being still. Because you'll get the right answer than trying to be all anxious and do it yourself. Amen. We've got to rest in God. Number two, wait for God. You got to wait on God. Psalms 37 7 says this Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. So when you're being still, wait on God for the answer. Wait on God for the strategy. Wait on what God's trying to say in this season. And maybe it is just driving in your car and you just got all the radio off, but you're waiting on God. Open up the word of God in this time and let God speak to you. God wants the word to speak to you. He doesn't want you to read 50 chapters. If you read 50 chapters and you don't get anything from God, you might as well have not read it. Because you have to find something that touches your soul. Because the soul changes me. I'm not reading the Bible to be religious, amen. I'm reading it to change my soul. So Andy Stanley taught me this years ago at a conference, and he said this. He'll open up his Bible, and he'll read it until something grabs him. And then when that one thing grabs him, he stops, and he just internalizes that truth. And he'll sit on that truth for maybe 10, 15 minutes, and that's how he gets his truth from God. Listen, we just need to sit down, wait for God to speak. Get the promise of God's word in your situation. And that will carry you like a sail in the wind through the storm. Let me say that again. It will carry you like a sail in the wind through the storm. Many of us are trying to get through this storm without a sail. And we've got to get our, our word is the only thing that anchors our soul. Amen. It's the word of God. So Psalms 130 says this. I, I wait for the Lord. Say that with me. I wait for the Lord. Then what happens? My soul waits. And in his word, I put my hope. 
My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchmen wait for the morning. What does that mean? There was watchmen that sat on the wall at night and watched for enemies that would come at night. And what they would do is they'd wait for the sun to rise. And when the sun would rise, they would give glory to God because the enemy didn't come. And this scripture is saying, my soul waits more, waits on God more than that watchman is waiting for that sun to rise in the morning. That's the expectation of our soul. I am waiting on God with expectation for what he's about to do. Amen. So you, while you're waiting, God, what do you want to say to me? What do you want to show me and what do you want to do in me? And you'll get your answers. Okay, number three, you're going to reflect on God's goodness. And this is such a huge part of this process because there's something about gratitude that shifts your heart and your soul. I text this out. I have a group text that I send out every day, a daily text. And one of them that I sent out was, what if you woke up today with only what you thanked God for yesterday? That just puts, that just puts gratitude in such a great perspective. Listen, you may not have what you want yet. You may not be where you thought you would be. You may be disappointed about some things that you need or you want, but you can look at your life and find what you can be thankful for and begin to be thankful for what you are left with and what you have. God told Moses, what's in your hand? God called him to speak, and he said, I can't speak. And God said, well, what's in your hand, Moses? At least let me use me through that. What's in your hand today? When I looked at this church and what we went through and all the trials and people that we lost and all of that journey, I just said, God, what are we going to do? But I began to look at all the things I can be thankful for. The marriages that's been restored since we've been back. The new people that God's brought back in. The healings that's taking place and celebrate recovery. The joy of coming together because trials make us stronger. And I begin to look at the goodness of God instead of wringing my hands about what are we going to do. Because guess what? I don't know, but God does. You may not know what you're going to do, but God does. And when you learn to look at all the good things that you can be thankful for, it will cause your soul to find rest in God. So Psalms 116 says this, and we're rounding the corner. Be at rest once more, O my soul. It's like we constantly have to tell our soul, don't we? Be at rest once again, O my soul. Why? For the Lord has been good to me. I may not have what I want. I may be whatever the enemy's thrown my way, but God has been good to me. For you, O Lord, have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. God, I may not be where I want, but boy, you've taken the tears from my eyes. Thank you, Jesus. You took my feet from stumbling into disaster and destruction and being with the wrong person. You saved me, God. The goodness of the Lord has saved me. Think about God's grace, the answered prayers that he did give you, the lives changed because of you, the one person that you may have touched by the goodness of God. And we need to say, it is well with my soul. A person that can genuinely stop and say, I'm going through hell, but it is well with my soul, is somebody who knows God is in complete control. And I want to close with this story this morning, and maybe some of you have heard it before, but there was a businessman named Horatio Spafford. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he was a successful lawyer and businessman in Chicago. 
He had a family of five. His wife's name was Anna. Their firstborn son had passed away by some pneumonia. And they lost all of their business in the Chicago fire. Many of you know that story. He lost everything. But he was able to rebuild it back up again. And then in um, 1873, he was sending his family across the ocean on a, a French liner called Villa de Dois-Havé. I don't know. I'm just making that up. And so he sent his family across. He had to take care of some business. And he said, I'm going to send my wife and four children, three children, across, and I'll meet them later. Well, what happened was this ship got into a wreck, and, and the boat began to sink. There was 331 people on this boat. And the boat was sinking, and the mom got on her knees and prayed to God for safety and protection, and the entire boat went underwater. And a sailor happened to be driving by and spotted the boat. And when he did, of course, the boat wasn't there, but there was a floating piece of wood, and there was a, a woman on it, a single woman. And it was Mrs. Spafford. And she had lost all three of her children in this disaster. And she went, got, was taken to safety. The sailor brought her in, and she went to, to the, to the um, land, and she sent out a telegram, and she said to her husband, saved alone, what shall I do? And Mr. Spafford later framed the telegram and placed it in his office. And what happened is Mr. Spafford decided, I'm going to go and meet my wife, and we're going to figure this tragedy out. And as he was crossing the same harbor that his children died in, the man on the boat said, this is the place that you lost your children, where your three children died. And his daughter later, they had three more children later after this, but his daughter said that at that time his dad penned this song that we all know well. And it says, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot that has taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. That song did not come out of a happy moment. That song came out of a man facing the tragedy and the loss of his three children. But he was able to pen, everything that comes against me is well with my soul. God, I don't understand everything, and I don't know why. We won't understand everything till we get to heaven. We don't have time to be mad at God. We don't have time to be frustrated with people. We don't have time to be overwhelmed with what we're not seeing in our life. It is well with my soul. And that man went and met his wife. They built a brand new company that flourished. God gave them three beautiful children. The story of redemption came to his life. And I believe it's because he penned the song, It Is Well With My Soul. And that's where we need to be, church. Let go of the restlessness of your soul. Whatever you're troubled with, let it go. And let's give that to God today. Amen. I'm going to have you stand on your feet for just a minute. I'm going to pray a prayer over you, the prayer of faith. And I just believe some of you that have your fists clenched, some of you that are overwhelmed in your mind, right now in this moment, that's about to be broken. Amen. So I want you to get ready to receive what God has for you. Close your eyes. If you want to raise your hand, raise your hands. But we're going to break this thing off of you, maybe a family member that you have in mind that's being a tormenting spirit against your soul. So Father God, we just come right now in the precious name of Jesus, and we ask that you break every tormenting spirit over their minds and their bodies bodies and their souls in Jesus name. Father, everyone in this room and those that are watching and will
still be watching our family members that may be tormented, Father God, co-workers that may be tormented. We bind that spirit up right now in the name of Jesus. And God, I ask that you give the spirit of peace and joy to rush over their soul in Jesus' name. We will not give in to our emotions, God. We're not going to have a troubled soul any longer, but we are surrendering it to you right now. Right now in Jesus' name, Father God. Let's sing this together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. With my soul. Yes, everyone here today. Lord, let us go home just so calm and relaxed and resting in you. Let this message produce so much fruit in their hearts and in their lives, Father God. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' precious name, everyone said amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. I love you all so much. I'm going to pass it on.